0: This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and today we are talking about the truth about credit. With me today, I have certified financial planner, Kelsey Banke. And Kelsey and I do a lot of work with educating people about how credit actually works, and what are some good ways to actually improve and increase your credit score. So welcome, Kelsey. Thanks, Mary. What's the number one thing that you would say that you think people need to understand about credit? The number one thing, well, you need it. (laughs) You need it.
1: (laughs) I think that's exactly right. (laughs) You need credit. It's not necessarily easy to start to get credit, and it's not necessarily too difficult to screw up your credit, but at the same token- If you follow
0: the rules, it's pretty easy to maintain good credit, too. So its Mm I don't know.
1: There's a lot of different pieces there.
0: There is a lot of different pieces. And I think that's why it's so darn confusing for people to understand this thing that we call credit. So building and maintaining great credit is absolutely an important part of your financial life. And the reason is that having good credit really does unlock a lot of different things for you. So your credit is important not only if you're going to need to borrow money, but your credit is important for a variety of things. If you want to rent a house or if you want to get a loan for something, things like that, people are pulling credit reports. If you want to buy a car and you know you're going to finance some of it, your interest rate you get on your car is going to be determined by what your credit levels are. So there's all kinds of ways that credit impacts us. Now, I have young adult children who in their, you know, years in recent past have thought, oh, my credit doesn't really matter. <laughs> and now they've got some bad dings on their credit and are realizing as they get older and are trying to stabilize their lives how important that credit really is. So they have to go through the process of rebuilding that. It really is
1: important, and it, as I said earlier, it, it it doesn't take a lot to really screw it up. However, it's there's very specific things you can do to keep it right on track. So, um, unfortunately, I don't think your children are alone. There's a lot, no, of, a lot not. of younger, yeah. and I'm not just um, putting bad credit on on younger people necessarily, but you know they have that "you only live once" lifestyle, and mm-hmm. they don't think long term about how they're. Uh, credit is going to be necessary for them down the road, and they also don't necessarily realize all the things that can uh, that people do to, when they look at their credit. So, right, um, credit, you know, uh, it's it's basically. Uh, saying you are a responsible person and a lender can trust you to pay back something that you need to pay back, whether it's um, pay for services or goods you've already received or um, before they extend credit to you, um, being comfortable that you're going to make those payments back to them um, as a, a person that's extending you those goods or services. And so your credit score and your credit worthiness is showing how, Likely are you going to do that? And do I want to take a risk on that? Right. And I was thinking about this as we were getting ready for the show and, uh, you know, buying things on Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace and all those different things where you can um, buy things from people. And how likely would I be to? send something to somebody, send an item that I was selling to somebody without them first paying me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's essentially what stores and businesses are doing. If they're going to extend you a a service or uh, give you something before you've paid for it,
0: they need a measurement of whether or not they can trust you or not. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what your credit score does. So now that we've kind of talked about why you would want to have credit, the first thing I want to dive into is how do you actually establish credit? Then I wanna talk about how do you maintain good credit once you have it, and then we're going to end with how do you fix your credit if you have done something that causes your credit score to be damaged? All right, so let's go first with how do you actually get credit? Well, first of all, to get credit, if you wanna have credit in your own name, typically you're likely to need to have an income. (laughs) Now, the amount of income doesn't affect your credit score itself, but having an income is step one to getting credit extended to you. Yes,
1: income is needed in order to pay for things. (laughs) <laughs> um,
0: that's pretty basic. Pretty basic.
1: <laughs> yes. So if you don't have an income and you're trying to tell somebody I'm going to pay something back to you, uh, they're going to be less likely to believe you.
0: <laughs> yeah. Now, the thing about the income is it doesn't actually have to come from a job. So it can come from dividends, from investments. It can be an allowance from parents or it can be an allowance from something that's a that's a, a documented type of thing. Um, It can be government benefits or alimony or other sources like that, but it does have to be consistent and predictable cash flow that can be documented because that's how you're going to demonstrate an ability to make regular payments. Then you want to request some type of credit from somebody who's actually reporting to a credit bureau. So any effort you're making to establish credit is going to be completely wasted if your person that you're borrowing from is not reporting to a credit bureau. So like a borrowing from a person and paying a person back isn't going to do it.
1: Yeah. Or, you know, there's some small town shops that'll have, uh, you know, what the ability to free, for you to create the tab, you know, and pay that back. And that's essentially a form of credit. But they're most likely not reporting to anything. Mm-hmm. Um any kind of credit bureau. So that even, even if you're doing a good job there, great,
0: keep it up, but it's probably not positively affecting your credit score. Right. So the next steps then with that is, um, that, that would be something that we call an installment loan. So an installment loan would be borrowing a small amount of money and then paying it back over a fairly short time to someone who's reporting to a credit bureau. And basically what you're doing then is you're, you're showing that you have a example of the fact that you can pay your debt on time and that you're not getting behind with it. So you're establishing that you're a good risk by paying your debts off. Okay. So now don't go out and just do this with like, I'm going to borrow $40,000 and buy a car with it, the best way to establish credit is to start small. So something like I'm going to borrow $1,000. I'm going to put it into a bank account and I'm going to use that $1,000 to pay back my $1,000 debt is the best way to do an installment loan. It doesn't put you at risk. It doesn't put the lender at risk. And all you've really done by doing that is established credit which is what we're talking about trying to doing. So people who are out there listening, grandparents or parents who are out there listening, this is a great way to work with your kids to establish credit without the money actually going to even buy anything. So literally borrowing the money, putting it in an account, and then paying from that account back the money that they borrowed. It's just a completing circle that way. It doesn't add risk. It doesn't mean that you use the money to buy anything. And people don't think about doing it that way, but that is one of the strongest ways to actually establish credit. And really, all you're out is the interest that you're paying over time on that. So, another thing to do is to get some type of credit card. So, the credit card's a little bit different.
1: Um, basically, they're saying when they when you're extended a credit card, you have X amount of dollars, whatever the limit is, that they will let you spend um, on the card and you'll have to pay that back over time. So different than the loan Mary just talked about where you're actually taking out the money and paying it back, a credit card is saying you can take out t- this much money and then pay it back. So it's it's access to credit. The thing about getting credit cards is you actually have to show payments that you're act- that you're using the credit responsibly. So getting a card and never, ever charging anything to it is not going to do much for uh, building your credit score. They want to see that you can pay back credit with consistency. And if you never show that you're charging anything and paying it back, um, it's it's not going to be as effective. So this is one to be very, very careful. So going back to parents and grandparents, you want to keep a close eye on this, and it might be wise to introduce this concept to your kids before they become vulnerable and unable to seek advice from you as easily um, because credit cards are, can be a slippery slope if not handled um, well.
0: Right. Now, here's something that people don't always realize is that a lot of times, especially younger people, think that using a debit card is going to help build their credit. And the truth is that debit cards don't have anything to do with, with raising your credit or building your credit because your bank activity itself isn't listed on a credit report. So while your debit card and your credit card might look substantially similar, the truth is they, they are totally different when it comes to credit itself. The debit card is just simply taking money out of a bank account where money already exists. And a credit card is the company is lending you the money and you're paying it back. So you can see why it's two totally different things. But make no mistake about it, utilizing a debit card does nothing to help build your credit. Another thing about credit cards that people are not necessarily aware of, and this works especially for parents of kids who are in that kind of time frame of trying to build credit. If you add your child as an authorized user on your credit card, then every time you make your payment, then it actually will show as a payment on their credit history too, so authorized users. Now you have to check with your credit card company and you have to make sure that they are doing it that way. But many of the credit card companies now will report on all authorized users every time credit is, credit payments are made. This is the case for my first credit card.
1: Okay. <laughs> it goes back to when I was uh,
0: between 13 and 14
1: and my, my parents added me as an authorized user. I was going on a trip to Europe um, with school and they wanted me to have it. Well, I had that card that early. And so my credit history goes back bad. that far, <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but absolutely true. Now, it can hurt your kids' credit if you're not making your payments on time. So you could be... You know, hurting the whole family um, if you yourself aren't making payments on time. But if you're really a responsible credit user yourself, it can be a good way to help your kids get a leg up in the
0: credit world. Right. Now, that's a double-edged sword. If you don't make your payment, you're also harming your child's credit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so keep that in mind if you're going to use that as a strategy. You don't want to do damage to your child's newly formed credit score also. Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Sterk, and today we're talking about the truth about credit. So we've spent some time covering why you would want to have good credit and how to actually get started building your credit Now I want to talk a little bit about maintaining your credit. So once you've done a good job with actually getting your credit score up to a good level, which, you know, there's varying um, ideas about what's a good level, but generally speaking, anything over 700 is considered to be a pretty good level. So once you've gotten your score there, if you want to keep your score there, then there are some definite things you should be thinking about in order to do so. Got to make payments. Yep. And make them on time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and
1: and not just on your credit, also on your bills. A lot of people don't realize that their credit score, if you fail to make a utility payment on time, um, all of those companies are reporting to the agencies that mm-hmm. do your credit score. So if you don't you know, pay your light bill for 60 days, that's going to be a ding on your credit score. Um, but on the flip side, just making everything on time is a great way to keep it there. So also credit utilization ratios. Um, if you are, if you have a credit card, for example, that has, let's say it has a $5,000 limit and you're consistently charging up to that $5,000 or you have a balance that high and you're making your regular payments that can negatively impact you um, because you look like you're a bigger risk if you're you're using all the
0: credit you have access to. Right. It means that you need that much credit to be able to live, that you're consistently living a lifestyle that's that much above your means. Yeah. So uh, you want to ch-
1: make sure you're staying below a certain point. That point is, you know, there's different opinions, somewhere between 10 and 30%. Most people are going to say if you want to um, keep a good credit utilization ratio, you'll stay below that. Um, so sometimes people want to lower their, their credit limits to, you know, show that they they need less credit. But if you're in, in that example I just said where you have five thousand and you, let's say you only use a thousand each month, lowering it down increases the percentage mm-hmm. of credit that you're using. So that may not be a wise move. Also closing cards really quickly can swing down your credit utilization ratio to a point or swing it up, excuse me, to where you have a a very high utilization ratio. So as, as, Backwards as it may seem to close, access to credit should help you because it means you don't need it anymore. Um, Because of the different formulas in the system, it could negatively impact you. So don't do anything drastic (laughs) when you're
0: um, working on your credit. Right. So if you are going to close credit cards, then you'll want to close the newest ones first and also do it slowly and over time keeping in mind that whatever available credit you have, if you keep your utilization ratio, meaning you don't charge up more than at least 30% on any one card at any given time, and then you pay it off every month in full, that is the best way to maintain your credit. The other thing is that when you are trying to maintain your credit, you really want to check your credit score at least once a year. Now, People sometimes think that checking their credit score is going to hurt their credit, and that is a myth. When you check your own credit score, that kind of check is called a soft inquiry, and it does not hurt your credit score no matter how often you request it. Hard inquiries are made by lenders or credit card companies when you actually apply for a new account, and they do actually reduce your credit for a short term at least every time a hard inquiry is actually made. So don't be shy about getting your credit reports, but do not allow a lot of people to do the hard inquiries into your credit frequently because that can actually damage your credit score. You see this most often when people go car shopping. Mm
1: -hmm. So Mm -hmm. they're going to go check out a bunch of different dealerships maybe because they don't know what they want. And then the salesperson comes out and says, well, let's see what kind of rate we could get you. And you sign something and then they go run your credit. Uh, That happening multiple times in a day or a week can pretty put a pretty good ding on your, your credit score. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, it's the perception. Uh, so let's say dealer number five sees that you've made four inquiries in the last uh, day. They might go, okay, did these people not extend them credit because there's something mm-hmm. that they're scary is going on? Um, or, you know, are they getting into a bad habit? What is the case? So you want to avoid that. So if you're out car shopping, don't let anybody pull your credit (laughs) until you're ready to actually
0: buy, um, because all those places that you had them pull your credit where you weren't going to buy just hurt you. So to maintain your credit, just make sure you're checking it once a year that you're not going above around 30% of your available credit utilized each month and that you pay your bills on time and in full. And that's gonna be your best strategy for maintaining good credit. Now, if you're like a lot of people, there might be some credit issues in your past and you're trying to fix your credit rather than just maintain it. So if you're trying to fix it, there are a couple of things that you should know about the whole fixing it piece. Number one, pulling your credit score to see what's on there that's causing damage is going to be something you definitely wanna do. So start with that so you know kind of what your baseline is that you're starting with. The second thing is if you have a lot of open credit slowly starting to close. Some of them can be a good idea, but like we said, don't do it all at once. But look at your financial life and figure out how can you do it so that you really aren't spending more than 30% on a credit card each time. The very best way to fix credit is to have these four things happening at the same time. Having three credit cards that you're consistently charging something small to each month and then paying it off. So for instance, if you have one credit card and you have your light bill go to your credit card and then you pay that off and you have your internet bill go to a separate credit card and you pay that off and you have your car insurance bill go to a third credit card and you pay that off. If those are the only things that hit those three credit cards every month and you pay them in full, that is the fast track to rebuilding your credit. And if you pair that with the installment loan that we were talking about at the beginning of the show, where you actually borrow a small amount of money from a bank that reports to a credit bureau, park the money you borrowed in a savings account and use that account to make the payments back on an automated basis, that installment loan paired with this three credit card being paid off every month strategy is a very, very good way to actually rebuild the credit score to get it back up to above a 700 number. And if you do that, a lot of times, regardless of where your credit score is, if you did just those four things, many people can get their credit score back up to above 700 within a year from wherever they're starting. So that's a really strong way to be thinking about doing it. There is hope. You can turn it around. There absolutely is. Now, one thing that sometimes I've seen people get caught in, you know, we talked about this authorized user things. People think that that their credit is going to be affected by their spouse. And, And first of all, credit is always individual. Okay? So it doesn't matter if you are married or divorced or whatever. Your spouse's credit does not affect your credit. However... If you are an authorized user on a spouse's credit card account and they're not paying their bills, then that lack of bill paying and lack of timely bill paying is definitely going to bring down their credit. And because you're an authorized user, it brings down your credit. So you do want to be aware of how your spouse is handling the finances connected to any credit account that has your name as an authorized user. Because it can either improve your credit or detract from your credit. And when we see people going through especially contentious divorces, this issue comes up a lot. Yeah, it can get really messy really quick. So uh, pay attention to that if you happen to be dealing with that. Now, one of the things that people frequently ask us is there's so many credit places out there and how do I know what my actual credit score is? Like I look at, pull credit reports and I get different numbers from every one of them. You don't just have one credit score. So all of the different main three credit bureaus have a little bit of a different formula and not everybody reports to all three credit bureaus when you have debt. And so that's why your credit number is a little bit different. So usually when you're actually trying to borrow then the companies will pull credit reports and they'll either do an average of the three or they'll use something called your FICO score, which is kind of like an average of multiple credit scores all put together and saying this is what the most likely credit score combined is. So be aware of how that affects you too. All right, so we have a a brochure about credit basics, so if you're someone who's interested in that, you can reach out to our office and request it. We'd be happy to email that to you. But we hope that taking you through this journey about how to actually create credit, how to maintain it, and how to rebuild it if you've gotten in some credit trouble has been helpful to you. And thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk.
1: Insurance offered through Sturt Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial. Sturt Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dunes, South Dakota, 57049, and can be reached at 605-217-3555.